Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Reborn Fighting, a Phillies-oriented podcast. I am your host, Ethan Rouch, and this is episode four of hopefully more to come during this Phillies offseason as it has not officially begun, but, you know, they're not in the playoffs. So, you know, a free agency officially begins early November, so that's when I guess you can say the official offseason begins. But nonetheless... Welcome back to the podcast, the fourth edition of the Reborn podcast. And today I have a friend who was on the old podcast, if you remember. I have a friend here who we're going to be talking about the new Phillies manager, if you may have already heard about that. So I got Ben here to talk with me about the new Phillies skip. Hey, Ben. I'm happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's great because I... I took a I took a little I took a long time off the podcast because the Philly season just started and there were games every day so I, like I had a plan to cover like each like at at the end of the week I had a plan on like covering the games and, like the highlights but it just got so tenuous like school and stuff and exactly. literally it's it, like it's hard to explain if you're not a baseball fan because it's every single like with football hockey and basketball they're not every day baseball's literally every day so you got. You gotta cover all that stuff for 162 days a season. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's it's insane. So I wasn't able to do that. I took a hiatus from the podcast to focus on real life stuff. But now I'm back because Phillies baseball is over, and I want to keep the talk going in the off season because this is going to be a very important off season for the team. It it probably is going to be more important than last year, it, despite even though they signed their franchise player last year, they really like especially for Matt, GM Matt Clentak, Andy McPhail, they're on the hot seat. They need to to win this offseason again. They need to get the pitching they need. And really, I think the good first step towards winning again is getting the right manager. And Ben, who did we hire? We hired Joe Girardi, ex-Yankees manager and the perfect man for the job. This guy has a career 910 and 710 record and is the first hire since 1952 that the Phillies had that their managers already won the World Series. So this is a this is a new step for the Phillies. Hopefully he can be the fifth manager to actually take both two teams to the World Series and win. So I'm excited to see what he does. As you heard, Phillies hired Joe Girardi. It's insane. The three finalists were, were Buck Showalter, Dusty Baker, and Joe Girardi, as we knew. And reports have come out that Matt Clentaff may have preferred Buck Showalter, but conflicting reports also saying that Joe Girardi was his first choice so I'm, we're probably going to learn more about that on Monday and if you don't know they're going to hold the introductory press conference with Girardi at Citizens Bank Park on Monday at 1 p.m. so maybe next week and we can cover that in the next podcast who knows <laughs> it's all about what happens so yeah he's going to be introduced on Monday the official announcement today or actually yesterday the 24th and it is a three-year deal uh as far as I know, the money is not known, but I'd assume it's up there with the higher-paid managers in the league. So he's going to be here, unless he's fired, of course, because, he, you know, Kapler got the three-year deal, but he didn't last. So he's going to – the deal says until 2023 with a club option for a fourth year. So unless if he screws up big time, he's probably going to be here for those three years because of what he brings, a veteran manager who has won before – as you all know, in 2009, he won the World Series <laughs> against our Phillies. And now it's crazy. I, I said this earlier on, on like on social media and stuff. This this guy led the Yankees 10 years ago in 2009 
to win the championship against our Phillies, taking our championship away that we had just won the year prior. And 10 years later, he's jumped on board to help bring that championship home where it belongs. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's amazing. It really is. I, I honestly did not expect it to occur at all. I thought that we were going to end up with Buck Walter because of our familiarity with the Orioles and our organization. But I'm very happy that Middleton kind of intervened with Clintac's decision and decided to go with Girardi. I think it was definitely the correct decision. Yeah, and I, th- I think the really big factor that they um they weighed in is the usage, the usage of analytics. Because, you know, Dusty Baker, 70 years old, he's been around the game for a long time. And he's managed for a long time, but he hasn't really managed in this age of analytics. As you know, he was fired from the Nationals in 2017 after after the 2017 season. And yeah, so he hasn't really been manager during these recent years where analytics have really become a prime time thing in baseball. And all these, every almost all the teams have just accepted it willingly. And you heard Middleton during the press conference, we've invested millions and millions. <laughs> he's invested millions and millions into the analytic department. So we're we're hoping to become an analytical powerhouse. We're not there yet, but we're we're hoping to get there soon. So with Joe Girardi, you get the blend because you hear about like the old school managers, Buck Showalter, who we interviewed him for example, like his his I don't know the word reluctance maybe to use analytics. There were rumors that he was kind of more accepting of it towards the end of his tenure in Baltimore. But you see Joe Girardi, who literally was nicknamed Binder Joe in New York because <laughs> he, he held a binder around with all these analytical stats and stuff. Because he, he, was, he was on top of that before it became mainstream, before it became what we know as analytics. He was on top of that. And plus, he's, he's able to create that blend that really, I think, I think Gabe Kapler was not able to. And that's one of the bigger reasons why Gabe Kapler is not the manager of the Phillies right now is because... He wasn't able to create that blend. He was like, you see, like all these articles talking about like they're overworking their pitchers, their hitters with analytical data, like some stuff you don't, you wouldn't even need to know. Like, it really feels, it really felt to me. I don't know how you feel, but it felt to me about the past few years we've really lost the human aspect towards Phillies baseball. Exactly. And I think, yeah, exactly. I think, <laughs> I think Joe Girardi <laughs> is going to be able to bring that back, but also not forget analytics. So like if he I, yeah. if he's feeling something like in his gut like he wants to take this pitcher out because he just doesn't look good but the stats are telling him otherwise he might just take that pitcher out and maybe like Reese Hoskins for example I'm, I know Jim I remember I was hearing an interview with Jim Salisbury at NBC Sports Philadelphia he was talking about like maybe if you remember how like Reese Hoskins was struggling this year maybe Joe Girardi would actually sit Reese Hoskins down despite Reese not wanting to sit he'd take charge and that's really something Gabe Kapler couldn't do he didn't he didn't do so I think we're definitely getting an upgrade here this guy knows how to win he's won before and in New York he had 10 consecutive winning seasons winning seasons and meaning he did not finish at 500 or below 500 so he know he's been there and I really think this is the best step towards 2020 at least getting a winning record that ne- we need to get a winning record we need to get back in october it needs to happen or clintac is probably gone so i think we absolutely got the right guy with this yeah hire. I, I i think the big thing with girardi that the city really needs is his passion if you look at gabe kepler he's kind of a player's coach he's not he's like not very passionate. He's like, oh, I love the players. They did really good, even if they're in slumps. Joe Girardi's been ejected 33 times in his career. 
he will come out, he'll make a scene, he will get the crowd involved. And I mean, that's exactly what the city needs. I mean, Philadelphia is known for being crazy and Joe Girardi fits the criteria so well. Yeah. So I have a few statements, one from Kapler. Kapler's official statement on the matter is, I think Joe is a great choice. He's smart, adaptable, and his record obviously speaks for itself. I believe Joe will guide this team to a lot of to a lot of success, and wish him and the Phillies the best. This is from at Alex Carr MLB on Twitter for the credit. And we have Joe Girardi's statement on joining the Philadelphia Phillies. His is, I'm excited for this next chapter of my career. The Phillies have a strong commitment to winning from the owners to the front office to the players to the fans. It's something that I've seen close up for the past for the last 30 years of my baseball career. To have my name now associated with this great franchise is something that I couldn't be happier about. And <laughs> what a great first impression there. I know. Really amazing. Yes. Again, again it just really reiterates we're probably going <laughs> to probably going to think even better once we see him wear those red pinstripes on Monday. But it's like out of the all, out of all the candidates, he's the best guy. He's not perfect. No manager's perfect. Like you heard about like his time in New York. He spent 10 years there. Like you never see a manager last 10 years in a city. Like that's that's rare these days. Especially so spent, in New York. Yeah, especially in New York in that in the, with that with those fans and stuff with the yeah. Yankees. Yeah. And I, I I think the big thing also is that Girardi knows how to handle a big, like a big sporting environment. I mean, coming from New York, Philadelphia, of course, is not as big as New York, but still the atmosphere in the city is huge. It's not like he's coming from Tampa or Kansas City, like a little, like a smaller market. Like New York's a huge market, and Philadelphia is a huge market, so he'll know how to handle himself and operate well. Yeah. So, like back in 2017, his last year managing the Yankees, he took them to the ALCS, almost. They were on the brink of the World Series, but they lost in the Game 7 against the Houston Astros in the ALCS. But there were reports that maybe, like, he was kind of, his his tone and, like, how he just behaved was kind of aching on players. Now, there wasn't any, like, concrete evidence, but you see all his former players praise him. So, again, yeah. I think he is a highly intense guy, just like just like Gabe Kapler. Like, he's going to defend your players, but he's not going to openly berate them in like the media like we want like so many wanted Gabe to do and I and I personally think that's not that's a good move to not because you're just like you see with the Eagles right now <laughs> all this yeah. stuff about the Eagles like talking trash like about them like in the public it's not good for a clubhouse atmosphere because you gotta especially in baseball you gotta travel with these guys every single day basically or every mm-hmm. three days counting the series so it's it's not right to trash your guys out in the public like that you gotta do that behind closed doors and that, that's what Girardi does and really that's what Going back to the last great manager in Philadelphia, Charlie Manuel did. He he was brutally honest with his guys, but he let them he let them do what they want. But he was when they needed a, <laughs> when they needed a verbal spank, and he gave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's that's what he's going to bring to the table. And I think with the inexperienced, we're kind of still inexperienced Phillies. We're not there yet. I think he's going to help make our younger players better about that now i i have a question next season you think the phillies make the playoffs it all depends on the off season really because the biggest things in my opinion for this off season were of course the right manager which we already got yep and then i was about to hit on this anyway the pitching and hitting coach that we need to get which is going to be girardi's 
it's going to be Girardi's responsibility now to get the right guys for the hitting and pitching coaches. But we also need to get, at least in my opinion, two, two starting pitchers, a few bullpen arms, infield depth and outfield depth, and we're set. Because our minors, a bunch of our... If you look at the minor leagues, some of our top talent's going to be in AAA next year, so they're going to be on the brink of the majors, such as third baseman slash first baseman Alec Boehm and starting pitcher slash right-handed pitcher Spencer Howard, who are looking, who are going to be looking unless they're traded to be um, to make an impact on the Phillies sometime in 2020. So I think if we just have a good offseason here, I think we're going to be, I think we're pretty set for 2020. Now, it also depends on like the Nationals who are on outstanding run right now if they lose Steven Strasburg and Anthony Rendon if they keep them both I think they're going to be it's going to be a tight race in the NL, NL East but if they lose one or the other like the Nationals thing the Nationals thing is they're pitching with the Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer and Patrick Corbin the big three if they lose one of those big three and can't sign someone in free agency or trade for someone that's going to be a big blow because you see like Max Scherzer isn't the same pitcher he was he's still very good but he isn't the same pitcher he was and Patrick Corbin is not going to get better with age because the way, because the way he just he's projected and all those <laughs> advanced stats and stuff. That's why not yeah. a lot of teams wanted to go the six years. But again, even though you did go six years, he's going to be very good for the early part of that. So, I mean, Anibal Sanchez is really looking. I mean, you know, he's not going to keep this up. Oh yeah, he's been fantastic in the postseason. But I mean, if he can, if he can continue to dominate for the next two seasons, I mean, that's a gem for the Nationals. Yeah, it is. Again, like it all depends. Like he's he's a perfect example of a pitcher aging well, because he like when you see him earlier. Like I remember watching like highlights of like the Tigers ALCS 2012, 2014. He was a hard thrower. Dude was throwing like 95, 96, and now you see him relying on his off-speed changeup curveball, and his and he's keeping his low fastball low in the zone, and sometimes elevating it depending on the count. So he's one of those guys I think who's aged well, and I think. That's where that's really what we need. We need to get like low, like buy low guys. Like for example, Cole Hamels, who you know, former Philadelphia Philly, he won the World Series with us. With us, he's been here and he's openly said like he's openly implied that he'd be fine with coming back in the off season to end his career here. Basically, he hasn't he, like really what he is right now. He's a three, four, five starter in that range. He isn't as good as he once was. He doesn't throw as hard as he once as he once did. But he's still a really good candidate for a three-four-five starter, especially with the Phillies, a team that really only has one bona fide starter in Aaron Nola. Now the the next two spots are going to be filled by Arietta and Eflin in no particular order, so that really means you need at least two pitchers. And again, you can sign more than that because it's better to have depth. You see, like in other sports, you see like the Eagles, for example, they're getting killed with injuries, and we got killed. The Phillies got killed with injuries last year, so it's always good to have depth, even though. Even how well some of your prospects may look, they're st- they're prospects for a reason. They're not up here, so you gotta have guys you can rely on as depth, and that's gonna be the biggest question going into the 2020 season and this off season. I think for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Nationals, the Nationals have been like they picked up Esdrubal Cabrera, they picked up Howie Kendrick a couple of seasons ago, and those two players have been essential. They also have Kurt Suzuki, like these guys. Like their careers, they people thought their careers were over, and now they're starting in the World Series and producing. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but like analyzing the Nationals' path to the World Series, like this might this might just me being salty and biased because I'm a Phillies fan, but they've gotten extremely lucky. Like they've yeah. almost lost a bunch of those games, but their players are still damn good. Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon have been great for them in the postseason. So really, 
again, you just need, it just shows, and they're really relying on their starters because they're using yeah. like Corbin out of the bullpen, Scherzer out of the bullpen at some instances. So it really proves that a team to reach October and to go deep in October, it's you need an elite, you need a good starting rotation, guys you can rely on, and which is something. Phillies really need to consider in this upcoming 2019-2020 offseason. Now, going back to Girardi, what the signing means with... I know we got a little off-topic from Girardi there. But what the signing means with Girardi is he's going to be in charge of hiring his pitching and hitting coach. Now, there are rumors that he may be, may be able to pluck the Yankees hit, pitching coach from the Yankees' current pitching coach because he, he worked with him. So maybe you might see a former Yankees hitting coach, something like that. Nothing really is known about that, but one name, uh, one name I really am interested in. I don't know if I told you is Mickey Calloway, Calloway former yeah. Mets manager, because he was he was the Indians pitching coach during the run in 2016 and those years when they had Kluber and Carrasco going strong and Bauer. So he's a good he's a he's not a good manager. <laughs> Let's make that clear. He's a horrible manager. But he's a damn good pitching coach, and he knows, like, especially he knows the Mets hitters because he, he managed them for two years, so he knows that team. So I think he'd be a great, great asset. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mickey Callaway is the hottest pitching coach out there right now. Yeah, I think I think, I think, think we really should consider, although Girardi might want someone that he's worked with before, I think Mickey is gonna, can provide that asset that is going to be – that can be found to be really useful – for the Phillies in the future. Now, talking about Girardi's veteran presence, maybe I'm thinking myself it can help out our young guys, like Hoskins, Kingery, um, Nola, and especially like guys like Bowman Howard when they come up next year. I think he can really help them because he's he's a veteran. He's dealt with this before. He's dealt with this countless of times. So I think he can really prove to be beneficial in that area, especially with like JT Real Muto. Because, you know, Girardi is a former catcher with the Yankees, Cubs, Cardinals, teams like that. He's he's a former catcher, and Riomito is, is our current all-star catcher. So I really think receiving guidance by a catcher who's been in the league for so long as a manager and player, I think that can really help JT take a next step towards an elite status as, in catch, as a catcher. Yeah, everybody go vote JT Riomito for the gold glove. Oh, yeah. And also, be, thank you for reminding me. I didn't write this down. The Phillies have three finalists for the Gold Glove. In right field, we have Bryce Harper as a finalist. As catcher, we have JT Real Muto as a finalist. And a surprise to me, we Aaron Nola is our pitching Gold Glove finalist. But I really think Nola's up there because of he was a, he picked off a lot of guys this year. I think that's why he's up there. But ultimately, I don't think he wins it. It'd be great if he did. But I don't think he does. I think the only lock. Or the only guy I think is going to win is JT Romito. He really should because he blew the competition away with his <laughs> caught stealing percentage, how many runs exactly. he threw out. And he, was, he was so good back there for our pitchers and framing and all that stuff. So he really deserves to win that. It really, he really does. So, again, the news conference introducing Joe Girardi will be, I'm pretty sure, streamed on the NBC, NBC Sports Philadelphia uh, TV channel, online, Twitter, social media. So at 1 p.m., t- tune into that. I'll be in school, sadly. I got to do schoolwork, but I'll watch <laughs> it after I get home because I'll watch the full thing, maybe take notes on it for next podcast. I'll watch the full thing and <laughs> bow to the glory of Joe Girardi in red pinstripes, which <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like, 
it's you're, you're so used to him wearing those black or navy blue pinstripes and now he's wearing the red pinstripes it's it's crazy it is it's crazy to just take in and just Joe Girardi is our manager so we're gonna see we're gonna see that on Monday it should be really cool so yeah before we um before we end this out any final World Series notes you wanna talk about I'm just really hoping that the Nationals don't win. Honestly, I think that if Houston wins game one tonight, if Houston wins game three in Washington, that the, that the Astros will come back and win. I think if the, the Nationals win tonight, it's over. Yeah, so I think it'll be over. And honestly, I think that they could sweep them if they won tonight. Yeah, but so, I think if, if they get it done tonight and then Houston, I think if they win tonight, Houston will make it 2-2 and then Houston will win at home, make it 3-2 and then either they'll win again or end up winning game seven. But I think it's, it's tonight is huge for the world series. Yeah. So for those unaware, uh, it's game three tonight on the 25th that we are recording this. It is going to be Zach Ranke of the Houston Astros versus Anibal Sanchez of the Washington nationals. Now in games one and two game one was, I think it was Garrett Cole versus Scherzer and game two was Justin Verlander versus Steven Strasburg. And just as, just a quick summary, the nationals, killed the Astros in every, in every form. Pitching. They, they killed the bullpen They hard. killed the bullpen. They killed them in pitching, hitting defense because the Astros' defense was horrible. So now it's the, Ast- the Nationals' lead 2-0 going back to their hometown in D.C. So Astros really need to win. And as, and as Ben said, and I agree, if the Nationals win tonight, I think the series is all about over because they got Corbin going going for Game 4. Then they're going to have Scherzer and Strasburg repeat the cycle for Games 5 and 6. So this is a must-win game for the Astros, I really think. And I think my official prediction, I can't see the Astros losing tonight just because they're such a damn good ball club. And it, it, it wouldn't be, like, them because they were so, they're so good with all their Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and their bullpen, which has been solid, not good, solid in, re- in the regular season. They're way too good to get swept by this Nationals team, in my opinion. So it, it really is going to be a disgrace if the Nationals win and. I really don't want the Nationals to win. I think it's more or less because they're like a rival in the NL East. I don't like them for that. But again, you see their fans are their fans mocking. Are, their yeah. fans are obsessed with Bryce Harper. I I personally don't get it. Your team is in the World Series, and you care more about a guy who's on a different team. So that's to me that's ungrateful. But you can do what you want, and they're literally. I'm kind of ranting right now. I, that's This is more or less why I don't like the Nats, because I don't want their fans just clowning on us for no apparent reason, even though their team didn't offer a competitive offer to Bryce Harper, which is why he's in Philadelphia. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think – I think Nationals fans should just freaking move on. They won a World Series. Bryce Harper did make a slip up in his introductory press conference because he's, he was in that city – for seven years, and it was the biggest moment of his life then with his family, friends, everyone in attendance. So you got to admit the guy was nervous. So people make slip-ups, even the best of us. And now in the Nationals win, they're going to hold this over us for the entire year, for the rest of, <laughs> rest of our lives. But I really think if the Nationals lose one or – especially if the Nationals lose Rendon, I think – it depends because, like, if they lose, if they lose Rendon but keep Strasburg, they have that elite pitching core still, but they have a big hole at third base. But if they keep Rendon and lose Strasburg, their offense is good. But I think their their big point pitching hurts. So I think our best case scenario, in our opinion, is if Steven Strasburg leaves and they sign Rendon because I don't, I can't, 
I don't think there's any way in chance they let them both walk. Like I can't. Yeah. There is no way they're that dumb. Like, I thought letting Bryce Harper walk was dumb, but walk was dumb, but apparently not. They're in the they're in the World Series now, so it wasn't. But I can't see them letting both of them walk because they're both elite elite talent. You can't let them both walk, but like it's gonna be hard to retain both, really. Because Strasburg is going to want more than what he's getting right now because of this performance in October. And Rendon had an MVP season. He's looking at 250 maybe even 300 So that's a lot of money. They're going to be in luxury tax hell if, yeah. they, if they do that. So and, and, and like this day and age, not a lot of teams want to go in that luxury tax. Like We're still one of the only teams that are willing to go in that luxury tax, as John Middleton said, if, we're, if it means going to the World Series. So I think our best-case scenario is them – Sign, re-signing Rendon, but losing Strasburg and not attaining another starting competent starting pitcher to replace him, because I think Rendon again had a career year. Then there is I don't think there's any way he can repeat this. He's he's a very good player, but it's very it, it'll be very hard to repeat his numbers from this year. And I think Strasburg starting to ter- come into his own after dealing with all these injuries. And I'd absolutely love if like we signed a combination of him and like Wheeler or Odorizzi or even Hamels. That'd be great. Like imagine a rotation. You don't eat without signing Garrett Cole. Imagine a rotation of Aaron Nola, Steven Strasburg, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin, and Jake Arrieta. That is That's fantastic. Good. That is a World Series contending. That, yeah, that is because you got you have the rotation. big three at the top, and then you have Spencer Howard, the hard throwing prospect. I don't I don't know if you know much about him, but he throws freaking he throws ninety eight, ninety nine with an amazing changeup. Ben, if you haven't watched video on him, I really suggest you should. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been yeah, I've watching. Definitely, I've definitely heard of him. Have you seen video of him? I've n- I've never seen video, but right, I you have, should. I, There's I, like, a bunch of like stuff on like the prospect websites and stuff, the Arizona Fall League websites, you can search up his name. But his stuff is electric. His stuff is freaking electric. I wish I had some of his stats here. I don't have some of his stats with me, but another name another name to look out for is Connor Siebold, who really broke out in the Arizona Fall League. He done he did amazing. He didn't he was he was at the bottom of the Phillies top thir- top thirty prospects list, but that was really because he was injured He's still a good pitcher, though, but he, he was injured earlier in the year, and he came back strong, and he's been really good in this Arizona Fall League. So that's also a name he's going to be in AAA to look out for. So you saw two two starting pitchers to have in the two as your 2-3. Then you have Eflin, Arietta as your 4-5. Then you have Seabold, Howard. And even you can give Pavetta another shot with an actual competent pitching coach in Velasquez. Although I I think Nick Pavetta needs a change of scenery. I think I think we might keep Velasquez though for the bullpen. But if you want to try him out with a better pitching coach, by all means, if we have the depth, go ahead. And if we need to, yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting, interesting way how we handle this in the offseason. And I'm personally really looking forward to it. Me too. So that's all we have for this edition of Reborn Fighting. I want to thank you, Ben, for <laughs> tuning in and help me with this podcast with analysis of course and uh again if you want to listen to this on specific platforms i will mention this in my post that i make but you can access this on the anchor website there's a link in my twitter it's more of like it's not it's more of like my burner twitter where i just ran about stuff <laughs> and then my my public instagram ethan.rouch if you want to it's the links in there to the anchor website but you can also listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, stuff, sites like those. Again, it's at Reborn Space Fighting or Reborn Fighting as one word. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I think it's space. <laughs> but 
you know, it, it, it should come up either way. So I really hope you enjoyed this edition and hopefully we'll come back to you maybe next week with analysis on uh, Joe Girardi hiring, maybe even maybe even a pitching coach hire or hitting coach hire by then. I, I doubt it, though. I think that's going to take a little time. And they certainly got time to work with. So, again, thank you for listening. Again, you can listen on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public at Reborn Fighting. Again, thank you all for tuning in. And I hope you all have a great day slash night.